Please be aware that this episode of A Play on Nerds contains many spoilers for Game of Thrones, the television show, and the books. Also, please note that this was recorded before the episode The Door, so all inferences made were made previous to the viewing of that episode. Enjoy! Use the force. Live long and prosper. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit. Frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 60 of A Play on Nerds. I can't believe we've gotten this far. I am Jarman, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Steve. I'm Steve. Steve. I'm, I'm that guy, he just said. Yeah, Steve. He's a what little... the hell have we been doing for 60 episodes? <laughs> I don't know, I feel like almost it should be more, but I guess since we went to every other week, it just, you know, goes by a little slower. I know, but 60? Have we really talked that much? Oh yeah, we think we're really important. Man, too bad <laughs> no one else does. Exactly. Well, this episode where our main feature is be all about Game of Thrones from complete uh, unexpert points of view, people who just watch the show as, you know, casually like we do. But we're gonna have a good discussion about that later. Oh, I've on. read the books. Oh, you did read the books. Yeah, I'm almost done with the last one. I forgot about that. That's even better. Yeah. So I'll have a little bit of extra stuff to add in, but not too, too much. Oh, thank goodness. That's perfect. But I hear that you're a little under the weather, Steve. Yeah, I've been out of work uh, just Monday and Tuesday of this week. I'm planning on going back tomorrow, but just coughing and hacking and just being nasty. That's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> How lovely. I've drank like 10 cups of tea today, so that's exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. I was sick for a long time, too, but I'm finally better. Now it's your turn. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's not peer pressure. It's just my turn. <laughs> Was anything else been up since last time we recorded besides you getting sick? No, I mean, uh, Anna, we've got our first, well, Anna has her first. I don't have to do shit. Uh, the first baby shower this weekend. Ooh, free stuff. With her side and her mom and a bunch of old church friends and church lady kind of stuff. So that'll be interesting for her. I, I'm apparently not expected to go, so I won't be going. Uh, and then next weekend, we head to Pittsburgh for a baby shower with my family. Very cool. And then the week after that, we head to Seattle for a wedding. Wow. You're just jet setting everywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks coming up, but right now it's sort of the calm before the storm. So you better get healthy real quick. Yeah. That's kind of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> As he coughs and dies. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, I had a final game session for a campaign I was playing in Pathfinder, which for those of you who don't know, it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, but it's a, it was kind of like a side company that went off and made their own game that's very similar to Dungeons and Dragons. And it was my first campaign with this new gaming group, and they wanted to make it all about my character to make me kind of feel welcome to the gaming group. Okay. And uh, I eventually made my character into a coward. So he, in the final battle, uh, instead of going in to help one of the female, one of my female love interests in the campaign, I took a potion of invisibility and ran away. 
<laughs> were they did they seem surprised or <laughs> a little bit they're like really in the final battle you're just gonna run away and then the character got killed but it had like a, a ring on that made it come back to life once um it had like a, as a safety so they weren't happy with it so but the characters i mean the games that have our players well, that's we, the last time you're the center of a campaign yeah, they all thought it was funny but they the characters in game did not like it they thought that was horrible of me to do so that was fun <laughs> But on a Game of Thrones note, um, a long time ago, I was in contact with a guy named Alexander or Alex, and he's a British guy who moved to Los Angeles. And he was originally talking about writing for us about Game of Thrones on a play on nerds. But he actually does mini uh, finger puppet theater reviews of the Game of Thrones episodes. So we've been talking and now we're going to be posting them on the Play on Nerds YouTube channel, these Game of Thrones puppet recaps of of game of thrones wow they call game of puppets and it's really funny because he's he can do the voices really well because you know he's british already so this first one will be a recap of episode three not episode four yet uh mostly with with varus uh giving a recap of things from his perspective of how things went in the episode and it's it's really cute really funny well cool that sounds like it'll be a neat addition yeah absolutely so check that out probably be out tomorrow the first one tomorrow being <laughs> not tomorrow for when you're listening to this but uh wednesday tomorrow, future tomorrow yeah future tomorrow or past tomorrow depending on how you look at it <laughs> depending on if we're time travelers or not exactly i wish we were so i guess that brings us to uh, our nerdy news of the week nerdy news <laughs> he says enthusiastically it's time for nerdy news So normally I'd come up with like a really funny title, uh, but this, I just didn't have the energy. Uh, <laughs> so the, the title of my two articles is just, we're doomed. Uh, they're just two, two stories that really outline the demise of the human race. So that's exciting. So the first one is that they're trying to come up with a plan for an asteroid coming towards earth. Okay. That's a good thing. So that's the plan. And all of their the leading scientific solutions sound like child's play. It is so bad. We are so screwed. <laughs> Cause right now their best plans sound like like just some like you you put it on a blackboard in front of like fifth graders. Oh boy. And said, Come up with an idea, guys. Um so the the first plan is to just shoot something at it and hope it hits the meteor enough that it knocks it off balance by a couple degrees. Yeah. I've heard of that theory before that method of possibility. Right. And the idea being that over a long enough distance, a couple degrees would mean thousands and thousands of miles. Sure. But so here's the best part. All of the, you know, that takes them um, having a lot of time to prepare because it takes four years to uh, prep for a mission outside of earth's orbit. And then it would take up to two years, depending on the range of, of the thing coming at us, to actually get it out there. So we're talking, we would have to know five or six years in advance. Oh, wow. And do we actually, are we able to do that? Right. So that's the thing. We're not going to find out. They're not going to figure this out. Uh, they've got a mission plan for 2022, where they're going to send a, a probe out to uh, these two asteroids that are coming sort of through our area. And one is literally just going to circle and watch, and then they're going to shoot something at one of them and then study if it actually changes the trajectory or not. Just like a practice run. Right. This is just to see if it can even happen. 
Oh, good. Right. We're literally going to throw something at it and see if it knocks it away. So that's option one. The other one sounds a little bit better, and that is we would build a giant laser in space mm-hmm. that we would shoot across the friggin' universe <laughs> to hit and heat up this asteroid in theory and change its tra- trajectory once again just by a few degrees so that it would miss Earth by, uh, I think they said at most, like two to three Earth radii. Okay. So, like, eight to 12,000 miles, something like that. Yeah, all of these sound so stupid that, oh, man, we're boned. <laughs> we just are. We're doomed. Yeah, that isn't exactly the most foolproof of plans. The other thing, the other story uh, that shows the demise is that uh, a movie adaptation with an $80 million budget of the game Tetris has been greenlit. Oh, no. Uh, and it's going to be like a sci-fi action adventure. Uh, it's being done uh, with some uh, with Hollywood and some giant Chinese media conglomerate. It's going to feature both Chinese and American actor, Western actors. Uh, and what the hell? And the guy who's like in charge of it uh, is the guy known for best for doing the Mortal Kombat movie. I directed it. Uh, let's see. It's between Bruno Wu, a Chinese billionaire and media giant, and American producer Larry Kasanoff. Kasanoff's credits include a variety of Lego and Mortal Kombat projects for film and TV, like 1995's Mortal Kombat movie. So, if this is what films are coming to, we're done. We're boned. We have no creative. No, it was last week, I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was last week. Totally boned, I think, was last yeah, week. Yeah, we're doomed, not boned this week. We're doomed. <laughs> um, because Tetris is going to be coming to the big screen, everybody. Enjoy. Just like we needed Battleship so badly. Yes. <laughs> Which was basically another Transformers film, if anyone has seen it. Yeah, it was pretty awful. But that's okay, because nobody saw it. And Rihanna made her acting debut, which was wonderful. Yeah, someone did a breakdown of her line. She has like 12 lines in the whole script, and they're all like really stereotypical sassy things. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No, he didn't. Like that kind of stuff. Like 12 <laughs> lines. It's pretty bad. Amazing. What do you bring us from uh, Nerdy News? Well, I have some, going along with that film stuff, some film news. Uh, apparently, they've already greenlit a Harley Quinn solo film. That uh, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, doesn't surprise me either because they people like her from the trailer and the the actress who plays her is so hot. Yeah, and, I mean, and war- warrants another film. Yeah, because she was. I first saw her in that Wolf of Wall Street movie, and I was like, oh, "Wow, so yeah, so good." But uh, she's also Australians, which makes it pretty even more amazing. But anyway, it's not right. to throw off all our female viewers. I know we don't have. Um, <laughs> But anyway, hey, your mom and my mom listen sometimes. Right. But no, she's very talented as well. She just happens to be gorgeous. So uh, there you go. But she's also like born in 1992 or something ridiculous like ah. that. I know. <laughs> it's horrible. We're so old. It's like, could she be my daughter feasibly? No, not quite yet. Good. No. But anyways, also X-Files apparently will be back. They will not leave us with the crap that they ended on. They're going to finish it off at some point. Uh, they just don't have a date. They just said that David Duchovny, uh, Chris Carter, and Jillian Anderson are all on board to finish it, maybe with another six-episode arc or something like that. Um, so they're trying to get their schedules together because Anderson and Duchovny are both very busy. Anderson lives in uh, 
England now, so it's just tough. But I really hope that happens because I was not happy with the end of that. <laughs> Did you see it? Nah. But then again, I didn't really. I've never really watched the original series, so I'm not sure how much I would get out of it. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, we had our Kaylin Cassandra uh, writing reviews for them on the website, so check that out if you are going to start watching it, peoples out there. But yeah, that's my nerdy news. Some things coming up in the future. Somewhat interesting. Well, cool. So to get us ready for our Game of Thrones discussion, uh, I've got some trivia, and I'm going to award points as I see fit. (laughs) Points matter. Uh, and I tried to limit it to things from the show. All right. And so I, I tried. I tried to edit what, what what I knew from the book. Gotcha. Um, all right. So some show specific trivia. What actor does Lena Headley, who plays Cersei Lannister, have a notorious, notoriously bad on set rapport with? I just saw something on the, this. The, the actor or the character. Um, I can't remember the character's name because there's too many characters, but he's the guy who fights for Tyrion all that time and who now is marrying some ugly woman. That's right. Braun of the Blackwater. Braun, yes. <laughs> who was also a British pop star for a while. Yeah, I saw one of the music videos he was in. It was terrible. <laughs> Jero- Jerome Flynn. You should check it out. They basically did nothing but covers. When this old world starts getting me down and people are just too much for me to Oh wow, that's pretty bad. All right, uh, good good job. I'll just give you just a point. Sure, Ewan. I don't know how to say his name. Ewan Rian, who ended up playing Ramsey Bolton, mm-hmm. was the first runner-up for what major role? Um, major role. Maybe Rob Stark. Oh, not a bad guess. Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Wow. I'm glad they didn't because he has big, crazy ears. Just cra- in the eyes. <laughs> Just a crazy, like he's going to stab you. <laughs> All right. So now it's going to get a little more difficult. All right. All right. Who are Daenerys's three dragons named after? So there's, who are they named after? Because I know one of them. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take either because if you know one, you'll figure the other out. I know one's name is Drogon. Yep. Um, I don't really remember the other names, but they're named after like a person. Yeah. Huh. Is it like the people she's lost? Oh, so it's like all the Targaryens that have passed have died. Sort of. So I'll give you a one. You got Drogon, mm-hmm. who is named after Cal Drogo. Oh, late husband. Okay. There's Rhaegal. Who's uh, named Rhaegar after Targaryen. Rhaegar, yep. And Viserion, who's named after Viserys, her piece of shit brother. Oh, wow. She bothered naming a dragon after him? Yeah. Her incestuous brother? He was just the worst. In the book, too. <laughs> just the worst. Okay, so just like bastards in the north, their last name is Snow. What are bastards born in Dorne's last names? Huh. Sand? That's correct. Hey, good guess. Jarman. <laughs> All right. There are a lot of nicknames and somewhat titles thrown around throughout Game of Thrones. 
Um, so I'm going to give you the name of the character, and I want you to tell me their nickname or their title. Okay. All right. So I'll start with an easy one. Jamie Lannister. Kingslayer. There you go. Okay. Now you got the idea. I got it. Lord Varys. Hmm. Uh, Lord of Whispers. Or I'll 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 give you a half point for that. That's his. That's his like title on the small council. Mm. Uh, the Spider. That's right. I remember that now. But he is the Master of Whispers. That's his actual position. Gotcha. Uh, Gregor Clegane. The Mountain. That's right. Or the Mountain that Rides. Mm-hmm. Peter Baelish. Littlefinger. There you go. Because he got a small dick. That's right. <laughs> Gior Mormont. I feel like I know this one. Mormont. Nope, not coming back to me. The old bear. Shame. Huh, which one was he? He was the first commander of the Night's Watch you get to meet. Oh, the, the good one. Yeah, and Jorah, Jorah Mormont's father. Right, I didn't even make that connection. Yep. Yep, cool. Uh, Olena Tyrell. Oh, she's the old Tyrell, right? She is. The, one, the badass old lady. I yep. don't know her nickname. The Queen of Thorns. Ah, Shame. Right. I have heard that. Lady Brienne. Um, I think I just saw something about this. Like Brienne. Jamie refers her to her as this a lot. Brienne the Beauty. That is right. <laughs> just mean, but she's very pretty actually in real life. Corin of the Night's Watch. Uh, shithead is that his nickname? No, Corin Halfhand. Ah. Shame. <laughs> All right, Sir Davos Seaworth. The Onion Knight. Ah, oh, that is correct. Yes. Brendan Tully. This is a hard one. Uh, he, he's not as big of a character in the show as he is in the books. Brendan Tully. Yeah. You uh, only see him a little bit, I think, during season two or three. And I have no clue. He's the Blackfish. Shame. Hmm. Who is he? Uh, he is um, Lady Stark's uncle. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. And Oberyn Martell. The Viper. Yep. The Viper or the Red Viper. Mm. Very good. I remember that one. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Everybody gets nicknames. I want a cool-ass nickname. Jarman the, <laughs> the, the Meek. <laughs> the Meek. Jarman the Slaughtered. Because <laughs> that's, that's how I would be in that universe. <laughs> Jarman the Crier. <laughs> uh, hmm. uh, all right. So now I'm going to give you... A chance for some big points here at the end. I'll give you a point for each of these. And then I'll give you a chance for some bonus points. Cool deal. All right. Can you tell me the names of the seven direwolves of House Stark? Well, you got Shaggy Dog. That's correct. Ghost. Uh-huh. Uh, Spot. <laughs> Shame. Nope. Try again. <laughs> um, Sport. Um, Blackie. No. <laughs> Shame. I don't know the rest of them, obviously. You jaggly. <laughs> um, okay, so you did get two. That yes. was good. It could have gone better for you, I'd say. <laughs> so you got what? Ghost and Shaggy Dog? Yeah. All right, so you also have Grey Wind, mm. who was Rob's, Lady, who was Sansa's. Oh. Summer, who is Brand, who is Brands, Nymeria and Nymeria. 
Whose was Nymeria? Um, Arya. Uh, what happened to the, her? So, give you points if you can tell me which of these direwolves, bonus points, mm-hmm. are still alive. Well, Brands is alive. Okay. Uh, Summer. Jon Snow's is alive. Yep. Ghost. Um, I I know Shaggy Dog's dead because that happened recently. Yeah, that just happened. That's crazy. Spoilers. Um, oh yeah, there's gonna be spoilers, people. Well, we'll yeah, we'll do our official spoilers alert because spoilers. I, I can't resist not playing that for your wife. Um, it's been a long time. It's true. And uh, was Sansa's alive? Just kept somewhere. No. Mm. When did that so one the Lady, she was the first one to go. She was the one that got blamed for, for biting um, King Joffrey in the oh, first season. Oh, that's right. Another reason it, was actually, it was actually Nymeria. And what happened to Arya's dog? So, that's highly contested. We hmm. don't know. Even in the book, you don't know. Interesting. In the book, and I think they insinuate in the show... Uh, Arya chases her off with rocks and yells at her, and then you never hear from her again. And there's a lot of kind of crazy, wild fan theories surrounding what happened with Nymeria. Some being? Um, that she is forming some sort of master pack of of wolves that she will become like the head of, and then they will be used to fight the Stark's enemy at some point in the future. There's all sorts of crazy Maybe White Walkers? Maybe. Um, so yeah, nobody knows, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Ghost, Nymeria and Summer are the only three that made it. Cool. And up until like two episodes ago, Shaggy Dog. <laughs> All those theories too, that that head's too small and that couldn't be Shaggy Dog and he's still alive somewhere or something, but we'll see. I don't know. With the way that Rick enacted, I think that's Shaggy Dog. Indeed. Well, does that mean we're going to our main discussion now? Oh, yeah. Let me give you points. Oh, of course. Um, I know you're actually keeping track. (laughs) I wrote, I told you I would dole them out as I felt. (laughs) Um, Let's see. You got one, two, three, four and a half, nine, ten, eleven, twelve and a half points. Not bad. Out of probably like 17 or 18. So not bad at all. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. I pay pretty good attention to this show and, uh, if I'm ever watching with someone, I make them be quiet because I want to hear every detail. Yeah. And I want to read the books at some point. They're good. They're a hell of an investment. I would imagine. And if you wanted to save some time, and there's probably someone who'll get real mad about this, you can pretty much skip the first book. Really? The first book, even in the way they structured the first season, is almost identical. They really, really stayed true to the source material for the first book. Interesting. Um, you could pretty much skip to the second and be okay. It'd still be cool to read it just so I can more firmly get those characters' names in my head because I there's I forget so many of them. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean all of these are second nature to me, but it's because you just you see them all the time. Even the um like the nickname thing, they get addressed by that full nickname so many times in the book that you just can't forget it. Well, very cool. Well, good. I didn't suck. Lead us into our Game of Thrones discussion.
<laughs> so unusual game uh, play on nerds fashion. We did not plan in any way how we were going to approach this discussion because that would just be silly. I've got some talking points, I guess. Yeah. I was kind of going to go through at least make, I have like the whole web of thrones is a great little uh, infographic here. It has like every character on the show and their families uh, and the bunches of them together by family or location. So we can make sure that we don't miss too many people and interesting topics. So uh, who is your favorite villain? There've been a lot. Favorite villain. Um, yeah. It's so hard to say who's a villain and who's not, you know, cause I mean, the only true straight up villains, I think, you know, no black, no gray area is like King Joffrey and uh, what's his face now. The uh, I love, I love what's his face. Uh, big ear guy. Oh, there he is, Ramsey Snow. Oh yeah, or Ramsey Bolton now. Ramsey Bolton, Lord Bolton, That's right? Now. But I think yeah, they're like the only straight up villains I've seen. I mean, maybe the Mountain. He's pretty much an asshole too. Yeah, but like they at least give a little bit of pathos to everyone else who's just a whole a horrible person, but they're not. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of self-interest, which I think they, in the book, I think they do a better job of showing that everyone is looking out for their own self-interest, whereas in the show, a lot of actions seem like straight up evil bullshit. Yeah. Which they are, but in the book, it's much more about how is this going to serve our family, our legacy. Exactly. And just holding on to power. Yeah. But- they do still love people. They do have feelings for people and, you know, that affects their decisions. But yeah, Ramsey and uh, Joffrey were just complete eagle bastards. Uh, I've got to give it to my, my favorites, at least, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, Grandmeister Pycelle. Oh, gosh. <laughs> who is playing, who plays everyone. And the best example of this is that at one point, there's a scene in, I think, the first or second season. Where he, he, it's the morning after he has slept with a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to her about what makes great kings, and he kind of rambles on, and she loses patience and leaves. And then he takes off his act, and it's obvious that he wanted her to leave and was pretending to ramble so she would leave. <laughs> and then he does this whole like stretching routine that shows that he is not as feeble as everyone tends to believe. And then even right before he walks out of his chamber, he goes from standing up straight to kind of hunching over and, and sort of doing this wobbling walk. Yep. It's all a show. And I think that is genius. That is pretty cool. Kings. <laughs> I can tell you all there is to know about kings. <laughs> the thing you need to understand about kings for the past 67 years, I've known, truly known, more kings than any man alive. They're complicated men, but I know how to serve them (laughs) and keep on serving them. (coughs) I was fortunate to see that actor um, at DragonCon last year, and he's still, yeah, very eloquent. He speaks, you know, perfectly fine. He doesn't sound feeble at all. And he was also the villain in... Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, yes, he was. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Because he looks that. so different now as Pycelle. <laughs> but he was awesome. Uh, and the other one is, oh, God damn it, I can never remember his first name. What's his last Tyrion, name? Tyrion's father. Oh, um, Tywin. Tywin. Tywin Lannister. He's great. And, and as far as 
blurring that line between like self-interest and and keeping his plan secret and just thinking about things in a really conniving way that that you as a reader or audience member never would have seen coming. And you can tell it's where Tyrion got his supreme intellect from was Tywin. Like they're very similar in that way. That's true. Though there is a new theory out that that Tywin is not his father. Really? And it's actually very compelling. We can get into that later, maybe. But yeah, those those two, I think, just do the best job of really not of really putting on a show and knowing their audience, and it's it just great. Yeah. I love Tywin Lannister. Great actor too. Can't remember his name, but great. oh yeah. <laughs> All right, good discussion. Indeed. Uh, who do you think? What do you think the best battle in the show is? Best battle. Um. I would say not uh, as far as like two armies battling, but I got to say Bran of Tarth versus the Hound was amazing. I love that oh, fight. Oh, hell yeah. That was an awesome fight. <laughs> hell yeah. That actually is, it brings up a different point in my head that I wasn't thinking of. Uh, my favorite battle in the book versus the show. Oh, ah, okay. In the show, it's got to be the battle for the wall. With the the mammoths and the giants oh, yes. and them dropping oil and barrels. And that's like the whole episode. I thought that was genius. They didn't cut to any other storylines that episode. That's true. I didn't think of that. It was just the battle on the wall. Um, and that that was my favorite. But um, my, one of my favorite battles that I think ended up really lame in the show is when uh, Lady Brienne and Jamie face off. Because uh. in the book, they literally are like crashing through the woods, beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> Landing cuts and and kicking each other and breaking bones and shit, um, to the so the point where when people do ride up on them, they literally can't defend themselves. Wow, because they get taken by Vargo Hote, uh, I believe, shortly after that. Um, and in the book, they literally they've just beaten the hell out of each other so hardcore that they can't do anything. Wow, that would be a lot more interesting in the show if they did it that way. Yeah, versus in the show where they had them cornered on a bridge so they couldn't go like. Okay, it was the same sort of idea. And that was before he lost his hand, right? Yes. Gotcha. But yeah, the Battle of the Wall is just killer. I also liked Hard Home with the, the basically the zombie attack. Oh, yeah, and I love that the end where basically the, the what do they call him, the Dread King or whatever, the white yeah. he like stares at Jon Snow and just makes eye contact and is like, sup, bitch. And he raises his arms and then everyone raises. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, exactly. So good. That was pretty damn awesome. I'd forgotten Every, about that. As soon as I saw that, the only thing that flashed through my mind was, are you not entertained? Exactly. <laughs> Who do you think had the best, the best death? Best death. Went out the least like a punk. Oh, the least like a punk. Because there's best That's what death, I mean. Like, and then there's, you know, went out in an awesome way. <laughs> okay, let's do both. I don't, yeah. Because one of the best deaths, because I loved it so much, was the moment when Tyrion kills Tywin on the toilet. Like, that was just so... <laughs> perfect it's like this badass guy who's like running you know all of you know of westeros basically is killed on the toilet by a dwarf <laughs> you know it's like that is awesome <laughs> in in the book that that sequence ends one of the chapters and the brilliant final line is something like and as Tyrion heard his father release his bowels upon his death he confirmed that tywin lannister in fact did not shit gold <laughs> and that's how the chapter ends it's friggin that's brilliant amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. But most badass death, um, I mean, barely anyone goes out in a good, honorable way. That's true. 
like because I'm thinking again of of you know what's his face uh, Varys Targaryen, yeah, the gold over the head, like the molten gold. I mean, that was just amazing. Viserys, holy shit, that was yeah. awesome. Viserys, that's how you say it. Yeah, but yeah, that was amazing death too. Right, what do you, uh, what do you think? So I've got to say, as far as like coolest death, I loved Oberyn Martell just getting his head crushed. Oh goodness, yeah, that was tough. <laughs> Uh, and apparently that scene was originally much gorier and they had to cut it early because they were making test audiences like ill. I would imagine. Because <laughs> not only did the so the mountain, you know, crushes in his eyes and then crushes in his head. But the scene ended and they cut it early with the mountain literally ripping his head apart. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they had to cut that early. Uh, but I love his death because it was such a good. One thing I think that George R. R. Martin does well that I think the show really follows is that you, the moment you think, you know, what's going to happen, the opposite happens. Yep. And the fact that that happens in the book too is pretty cool. Cause yeah, we know what happens in the show, but I wasn't sure how much he does that in the, in the book as well. Oh yeah. So that brings you the next one, most disappointing deaths. So I guess both of the character you were the saddest to see go and the worst death. Uh, I have to say, spoiler alert again, of course, Spoilers. but from this last week's episode, I was really hoping that the wildling, what's her name? Uh, Osha. Osha. I hope that because I thought she was going to become more of a badass and become really cool. And then they just kill her. It's like you brought her back after all this time just to like. Yeah, like three seasons, four seasons without her. Yeah. And she was as a really cool scene. I thought she was actually going to be able to manipulate him a little bit. And then nope, dead. I mean, it makes nah. Ramsey even more of a badass and horrible, but I knew Ramsey wasn't going anywhere. Like it just, he wasn't, I didn't think she'd be able to kill him, but I think I thought there would be like a, he's going to, he would have liked her spark or something and like kept her around, but nope, maybe dead. <laughs> so that was disappointing for me. Fair. I was too in awe of the red wedding to care or to be disappointed. I was just like, that was just, I loved it too. Unexpected. That was great. Red wedding was good. Yeah. I wish that they had done so in the book, you know, something's up, but you never you don't understand what's about to happen fully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing they keep bringing up over and over again is how terrible the music is at the feast. <laughs> That's weird. Right. And they bring it up over and over again. Like, the you know, they started playing the Reigns of Casimir, which could have been any number of songs based on how they were playing it. But it's because they replaced all of the musicians with Bowman. Oh my gosh, that's But you don't genius. put that together in your friggin' head. That's genius. Until after it's happened. Wow. The fact right? that we have the fourth side to think of that is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but for me, the most disappointing death as far as going out like a punk, I think was Barristan. Barristan, who was that? Barristan Selmy. Uh, he was the, the disgraced king, not disgraced, the Kingsguard who Joffrey basically fired and he went off to work for Danny. Okay. Um, you know, him and Grey Worm get caught in some back alley by the Sons of the Harpy. Right. And he gets cut up pretty bad and Grey Worm makes it and they don't, they kind of leave it open-ended for whether he made it or not. And then the next episode, they're like, oh yeah, Barristan died. <laughs> That's not very fulfilling. Yeah. Right. I would have rather it been, it ended with someone putting a friggin' dagger through his heart and us being sure in that moment that he was gone. Then letting us lead on for a week to, to be like, oh, yeah, he died of his wounds. Because he was supposed to be like legendary sword fighter, right? Yeah. Like one of the, 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 the best swordsmen in recent history. But killed in an alley off screen. <laughs> well, he was on screen. It's just 
he wasn't. He was on screen for the fight that led to his death, but yeah, he didn't die on screen, and I was sort of bummed out by that. Well, we actually have a lot of he deserved better off screen deaths that happen where we're not sure if they're dead or not, and they don't really like. Uh, for instance, the Hound was not dead when he was left. Last we saw him, he was just bleeding out, but he was not dead. That's true. Um, Stannis Baratheon, and they talk about there being rumors of people seeing him. Yeah, and the Booker in the show. Both, but in the book they do explain it. Oh, they do. Explain they haven't got. I think they will get to it in the show this season. Well, go ahead and spoil it. Spoilers. Um. So originally, uh. So way back, I guess season two. So when Arya is traveling north with the Night's Watch when she's pretending to be a boy, mm-hmm. um. There are those three guys in the cage. Right. One of them is Jaken Hagar, who ends up becoming her like mentor for the Faceless Men. There's another one with like goofy messed up face and sh- and filed down teeth called biter hmm. and then there's a really kind of unpleasant one called rorge um and he's the one that says that he's gonna take her sword and rape her up the butt with it. oh right he's that guy so they sort of show up randomly throughout the rest of the book still just being awful people and the idea is that rorge and biter found the hound after his death and took his helmet the, the really iconic Hound's helmet, ah. and proceeded to raid the countryside. Interesting. And everyone thought it was the Hound. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I wonder if they'll bother to do that in the show or not. I think, they, I think they've said they're going to address that this season. Hmm. So yeah, the Hound is, is in fact dead, but they're, the rumors of why he, people think he's alive are legit. Makes sense. So yeah, Barristan went out like a friggin' punk. <laughs> oh, uh, I was just, uh, what's his name? Rory Castle. He's the guy who is Ned Stark's like head of his household guard for the first season. And him and Jamie have that really nice talk about how they fought beside each other one day right. on the battlefield. And then he draws a sword against Jamie later and Jamie just pulls a dagger and stabs in the eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's really like, wait, that's it? That's the whole, Really? Okay, fine. I feel like this show likes doing that, having just these very underwhelming deaths, showing that, you know, death isn't some wonderful, honorable, you know, dramatic thing. It's like, you're just dead. That's it. Yeah. You're gone. Uh, Catelyn Stark, another one at the Red Wedding. Oh, that was um, so emotional, but, though. But specifically because, well, in the book, she comes back, and they're not even beginning to talk touch that plot line. Lady Stoneheart. Isn't that her name? Lady Stoneheart. Yep. Uh, she becomes the head of the Brotherhood Without Arms, or sort of the matriarch of the Brotherhood Without Arms. And what does that mean? Um, they are the people that take in Arya and Pot Pie and Gendry for a short time, I think during season two, late season two, early season three. Uh, they're Beric Dondarrion's men and uh, the Red Priest. Oh, the Remember? guy with the one eye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who came, comes back to life all the time? Yep. You got it. Ned Stark sent him to kill the mountain in season one. Huh. Yep. Played by a totally different actor in season one. Oh. <laughs> Not confusing at all. True. Uh, and in the book, they it's interesting. They talk about how choosing him is a really strategic choice on Ned's part. Because technically, it's something about technically, Beric Dondarrion is another one of the Lannisters bannermen historically, but his lands are now located within the North. So he, uh, so he would have pressure from his homeland to 
so the the choice of Beric Dondarrion is a very specific choice in the book. Interesting. Versus the show where it feels like he just picks some guy out of the fucking crowd. Yeah, they still have time to explain it, I guess. You there with the beard. Yes. <laughs> Go and find a giant and kill him. All right. Come on. No problem. Come on. Now, in the book, are the hound and the and the mountain supposed to be giants, or are they just supposed to be big dudes? They're just big dudes. Okay. Yeah, I think in the book, the giant is 6'8 or 6'9, something like that, uh, the mountain. And the hound, I think, is 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six. Not quite as big, but still a big guy. Gotcha. I love that they changed the actor for the mountain to that new guy who's gigantic. They've changed him. This is the third actor. Yep. <laughs> but they settled on a great one. They did. He's like the fourth strongest man in the world, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and gigantic. Yes. And I'm glad to see that he's getting a bigger part in this new season. Yeah. Zombie Mountain. Zombie Mountain is awesome. I love Zombie Mountain. I can't <laughs> wait to see what he can do. Yeah. And apparently there's a big fight in the book between the mountain and the, uh, the hound, wasn't there or something? Or Clegane battle? Well, there's the... Uh, you get to see a little bit of it in um, the Joust... The competition when Ned becomes Hand of the King. Yeah. And Robert insists on throwing this tournament to celebrate him. And the Knight of Flowers, uh, what the hell's his name? Something Tyrell, goes up against the mountain. And the mountain gets really mad and, and almost beheads his horse. And then the hound has to stop in to kill, to stop him from killing the Knight of Flowers. Is that Loris? Loris, Loris Tyrell. Right. There we go. I believe that actor, Loris Tyrell, is the one, Finn Jones, who's playing uh, the Iron Fist, the new Netflix yes, Marvel Yes, yes, he series. is. That's him. Strange choice, but you know, he's not doing much this season, so. Yeah, just sitting around in that uh, cage. Yeah, we saw him for the first time this past episode. Who would you say is your, I guess, all-around favorite character that you always love to see on the show, that you wish there were more scenes with them? So, the, the characters that I'm sad didn't make it to the show mm-hmm. um, are... There are a lot of court jesters huh. in the book, a ton of court jesters. Every family, every major family has a fool, basically. Mm-hmm. And my favorite of which is the one, um, Patchface is his name. He is a fool for um, Stannis's house and hangs out with Stannis's daughter a lot and says these really kind of ominous, funny rhymes that are almost like poetic and prophetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a character I'm sad kind of got kicked out because um, he kind of serves you get a little bit of uh, Jer Mormont's crow who says corn all the time <laughs> Wait. get out of here you bird I already fed you <laughs> I don't remember that um, oh so he's got a raven that like follows him and Jon Snow kind of inherits it and they kind of push it out it stopped being a thing after the first two seasons mm. Um, but still follows Jon Snow around and like picks up words and repeats them over and over again. And it's really eerie. That is creepy. Because he'll say things in words and you're like, is that a hidden message? Is he saying like, yeah. So sort of the, the more prophetic side of the show through those characters is what I really miss. And I think they missed out on. Yeah, it's probably didn't have any of them in the show. Yeah. I mean, the only one that really made it was um, Sir Dantos, the guy who... Um, the king tries to kill, and then Sansa saves him, and he eventually helps her escape. Huh. Don't He's the only real fool. I will say one of my favorite combinations of characters that I always love seeing scenes from, which luckily this season has a lot of, is Varys and Tyrion working together. <laughs> I very much enjoy that. That's true. 
I also really enjoyed uh, Varys and Littlefinger. Yeah, just their kind of repartee back and forth. Yeah, season one and like early season two, when they really go at each other a few times. Yeah. I'm actually um, probably going to do Peter Baelish for uh, my uh, next Dragon Con cosplay. <laughs> that'd probably be pretty simple, yeah. realistically. I mean, it's the one I look probably the most similar to out of all these crazy characters. Yeah, you just got to get that robe and, and that pin with the bird on it, and you're pretty good. Yep. And I already have the gray hair on the sides. <laughs> Carry some scrolls in an old-looking book, and you're good. And always talk really slowly and seriously <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Sansa, we're going to hatch a plan. <laughs> I loved your mother, but I'll kiss you right here, right now. Make things real awkward. <laughs> then I'll throw that bitch out a hole in the floor. <laughs> the moon door. Uh, oh, man, that's another death that doesn't get its credit mm-hmm. in the show, the way it does in the book. Because uh, in the book, there's a singer that comes with them. I think actually comes in with Tyrion when they arrest him initially. And then stays at the castle to entertain little Lord Robin. Um, and the, the story they hatch is that he pushed uh, Lissa Aaron out of the moon door ah. because he was jealous of Lord Baelish's and her love. And then he's a star-crossed lover. And they have to kill the singer. So it does, the singer doesn't contest that. Yeah. He gets put in the, in the, uh, God, the, the air cells, the, like the, the prison cells with no wall that just faces out to a cliff. Right. <laughs> yeah. And also in the book, the door isn't in the middle of the floor. It's against a wall. Huh. It's literally a door to nothing. Why? That's why it's the moon door. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. So, yeah. Well, interesting. Any other last uh, things that you wish were in the show that are in the book? I mean, Lady Stoneheart, obviously. Mm -hmm. One thing I think is kind of strange is, you know, you always know where in the show, you always know what's happening with Theon. Yeah. Theon Greyjoy. In the book, he disappears, and you don't hear anything about him for three books. Wow. There is a giant gap where you just assume Theon is dead. Jeez. And you really hear nothing about him. Meanwhile, in the show, it's kind of followed him around. Yeah. Uh, Same thing. The death of uh, what's his father that just happened like two episodes ago. Balin. Yeah. He happened like two books ago. Huh. And they're just now throwing in the storyline for it. Weird. And Euron, I guess, is the his uncle that killed him? Two uncles show up that each contest for the throne. Uh, one of them wins out and sends the other one to bring back uh, Daenerys. Because he claims he has a horn that can control dragons. Really? Yep. That hasn't been on the show. <laughs> nope. I think that's, that's the storyline that they're leading up to. With that, That's why they're bringing it up. Oh, that's true, because Daenerys is coming over to Westeros soon, hopefully. Yep. Oh, uh, there's another Targaryen in the book. Which one? Uh, It is the baby boy that they say was smashed against uh, the rocks. Hmm. Uh, That they say the mountain smashed his head against a wall. He actually was replaced with another baby. He escaped and has been under the care of... One of the old meisters for House Targaryen and one of the old lords that was uh, that was noble that was uh, honorable to House Targaryen and uh, at one point after Tyrion comes across the ocean in that box he ends up with them. Huh. Like Tyrion and Varys and everything. Uh, I think it's just Tyrion. Oh, at first at least. 
but ends up with their party with with the other Targaryen that no one knows about. Interesting. But does that person know that they're a Targaryen? Yes. That's pretty cool. But then the cooler part is is that he is older than Danny, so he is the right if the Targaryens take over, he is actually the rightful heir to the throne. Oh wow, that's kind of important. Right. Um and that's where the whole like uh the the dragon has three heads theory comes in. Right, because they th- Oh, that's uh, we can talk about that crazy fan theory. The R plus something equals J or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, right now it's pretty much established that Jon Snow is half Targaryen. Yeah, like that's pretty much established at this. The point. Mad King had sex with Ned's sister or something. Uh, no, Rhaegar. He didn't kidnap Lyanna. He took her because they were in love, and then left the 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 fight that we saw where he left two of his knights at that tower. Yeah, wasn't just to protect her. It was to protect her and his son. Oh, Ned knew that Robert would want every everybody with Targaryen blood killed. So he he took it upon himself to say that Jon Snow was his bastard and kept the secret for years. Gotcha. So it was and, his sister, but it was his sister and and the Mad King's kid, right? No, not the Mad King. The Mad King's son, the prince. Oh, what happened to him? Rhaegar. Rhaegar. He was killed by Robert at the Battle of the Trident. Robert. They talk about Robert smashing in his breastplate, huh? Uh, with his warhammer. And in the book, they talk about how he had all these rubies encrusted on his chest plate that went scattering into the water and people found them for like years to come washed down river. Interesting. But yeah, Rhaegar was killed by Robert. But the other thing, uh, and this is where Tyrion comes in, is that they talk about uh, the dragon has three heads. And in the book, it's pretty much you think it's Jon Snow, Danny, and this third kid whose name I can't remember, the one I just talked about. Yeah. The, the unknown Targaryen. Um, but in the show, it looks like they're amping up um, to say that Tyrion is actually a Targaryen. That would kind of tie things together really well. So the three main storylines of things happening with Tyrion, things happening with Jon Snow, and things happening with Daenerys. Yeah. Um, but the reason they say this is that the Mad King Eris, before he became totally mad, uh, was basically in love with Tywin Lannister's wife. Hmm. And did unscrupulous things with her to the point where Eris's uh, wife dismissed Tywin's wife from court because she couldn't stand to have her around her husband. Huh. And they've looked at the timeline and they would have been in the same vicinity at the same tournament in the year before Tyrion was born. Interesting. And there's also a, a pattern of Targaryens killing their parents. Uh, upon birth. Oh, so it's kind of like it goes along with the theme of their mythos. Yep. Dan- Danny killed her mom coming out. Jon Snow killed Lyanna and Tywin killed his mother. And then this is also backed up a little bit by at one point. Um, Tywin Lannister says something to the effect of, I cannot prove that you are not my son. And so you are my son or something close, something similar to that. Mm. Um, and then also people point out the whole, the fact that the dragons really responded well to Tyrion and didn't eat him. That's true. So yeah, at this point, it looks like the show is shaping up to reveal that Tyrion is actually a Targaryen. And they're supposed to be ruling the Seven Kingdoms. Yep. So it'd be Tyrion, Danny, and Jon Snow. Let's rule together, like, have fun. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. True. Well, I guess Danny would technically be like the the actual queen, and then you'd have Tyrion as her advisor, and then Rob, you know, or not Rob, John in charge of the troops or something. 
That's true. I'd be okay with that. Now, mind you, she could marry either one of them, and it wouldn't be that out of <laughs> it wouldn't be out of ordinary for Targaryens. True. Jon Snow could marry her, or they Tyrion. were brother to sister for eons. Yikes. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's an interesting theory. I'll be interested to see if they they progress on that. The other sort of storyline I'm interested to see how they progress on this season is the is the White Walkers. Yeah, they haven't shown them very much at all yet. So, yeah, I mean, and after the Battle of Hardhome, it's very clear that something is coming, and they'll be utterly unprepared for it if they bring everybody away from the wall. Right. Exactly. Like, how are they going to make this happen? Is Danny going to show up, and are her dragons going to take care of them? And that's the key, and that's what drove them off the last time. You know, that sort of stuff. Because you think frosty, you know, skeletons would be pretty easily killed by fire-breathing dragons. Right. <laughs> well, also, we now know that Valerian steel works against White Walkers. Yeah, it's shattered. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty badass. And one thing they don't, they don't make super clear in the book is that um, there's only, like, two or three hundred Valerian blades in the whole world. In, like, all of Westeros. Yeah. Because they're very sought after. They're very hard... To, to keep up. Families keep them for generation after generation. Um, and so there's really, it's not a common thing. Which makes it all the more badass. Yep. Well, I feel like this is just part one of our discussion of Game of Thrones. We'll probably revisit it again in maybe like at the end of next season, something like that, because there's just, there's too yeah. much to talk about. Yeah. And I feel like this season's really, last season was a little bit disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was kind of like slow, not a lot going on. But I feel like everything that happened last season had to happen for us to have this kick-ass season now. And I think it is. I, thus far, I'm very, very pleased. And they said next season is the last one, right? Uh, I know it's been officially renewed through next season. I'm not sure if it's the last one. And George R. R. Martin's already given his blessing, basically saying that all of this extra fiction has been written in Westeros. And he gives HBO full permission to go and do series about that. Extra fiction? Like, uh, like fan fiction. Oh. That would be cool. And, and he's given them their blessings. He's like, look, people have written all these stories about all these minor characters that I've mentioned a little bit about, and they take and expand them out. Do those. I would love to see, you know, a, a 10 or 12 part series on the downfall of, of the Mad King Ares. That would be cool. And Ned Stark and his father and his brother and his sister and Rhaegar. I would love to see that. Now, how long ago was that supposed to have happened before the, you know, episode one of the first season? In the book, it's 17 years. Okay. So I was saying, man, Jimmy it must have been really young. Oh, no, no, no. In the book, it's 14 years. In the show, they make it 17 to make all the kids a little bit older. Oh, the kids that were kids of the time or something? Well, Stark's kids. Gotcha. So like they, they make Rob like 17 or 18 instead of 14. Right. In the book, he's real young. Right. And like uh, Rickon, I think, is three at the beginning of the first book. So to make it to make the kids a little bit older, they made it like three or four years further from the events, which makes total sense. I get that, right? Oh, also the whole Bran, uh, man, the tree storyline. We didn't mention that at all. Oh yeah, how does that I mean, differ very, in the book? Um, you don't get to see that much of it. Um, the only thing you really get to see is they explain why he can kind of travel through time. He travels through the heart trees, which are the the trees that the Northmen worship. Mm-hmm. And because time is very different for trees, this is pretty much how they explain it. Because time is different for trees, um, he can basically see anything that tree has seen in its life. Interesting. But they hinted at a little bit this past episode when uh, 
Bran like yells out to his dad and his dad turns around for a second. Yeah. He's like, he heard me. You get a little bit of that in the book. Um, early on, shortly, I think after they reveal that Theon is alive, Theon goes out to the heart tree in Winterfell and prays. And he says that looking into the face for a moment, he thought the face was looking back at him and could almost hear his name. Uh, and then like a book and a half later, Bran is with the Three-Eyed Raven and goes into that tree mental time space uh-huh. and sees Theon praying and yells out to Theon. Oh, wow. In that moment. It picks it up later. Right, right, right. But like a book and a half later. That's crazy. This guy must have copious notes everywhere about all these characters and storylines. How the hell would you keep track of all this? Oh, yeah. It's nuts. But we have to mention that there also is a Jarman in the Game of Thrones books. There is. Spelled He's the a- same way. He's a member of the Night's Watch, if I remember correctly. Doesn't he die unceremoniously? Perhaps. I just don't remember. <laughs> Either way, it's yeah. pretty cool. There is a German. No Steves. No Steves. Not weird no enough Steves. of a name. <laughs> nope. I guess there's Robs, but... That's true. <laughs> um, but no, they don't go into that the brand storyline a ton in the book either, at least not as far as I've read. I'm not quite done with the last book yet. Okay. I probably have a quarter of the last book left. Because that came out not too long ago, right? Uh, still years ago at this point. Really? So he's still been working on this one for a long, long time? Oh, my God. It's never going to come out. He's going <laughs> to die. Someone get him on a treadmill and give him better food, man. That guy needs to stay, get in better shape, stay alive longer. Get that man a new captain's hat. <laughs> yes. You're not on the sea, George. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I think that's our Game of Thrones discussion, at least for now. Yeah, please let us know if you disagree with anything we said or anything else to add to what we were talking about. Or if about. I got some major fact wrong, please let me know. Absolutely. I, I've been reading these books over, gosh, the last three years, at least. I started because I needed something long to read on my commute. Makes sense. When I lived in New York. Yeah, I've been reading these freaking books forever. So, if I forgot something, let me know. Very cool. So, now, I think that brings us to trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Here to play on nerds, we have developed an interesting rating system to bring to you our ideas on the trailers we're about to review. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. Kill it with fire. (laughs) And our next step is Drunk Watch, which means that, yeah, I'd watch this movie. It'd be entertaining if I was under the influence of some kind of substance of some kind. But if I was sober, probably not going to check this thing out. No, not going to see it. Next, we've got We'll See, which is maybe we just don't know enough about this movie to tell what the hell it's going to be. Could be good, could be bad, not sure. Eh. And our next category would be Get the Couch Ready, which means I'm definitely going to check this movie out at home. Wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks of see it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it at home. So get that couch ready. After that, we have Take a Look, where we are recommending for you, our viewers and listeners, to check out this movie and check out the trailer and tell us what you think about it. We, we wanted to see what you guys think. It looks pretty good, but we're not quite sure yet. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Let us know. And for our final and best category, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. This looks so awesome. We're going to see it. That's where we cannot wait to give Hollywood bigwigs all of the money that we have earned at work to go see a film for $47. We're so excited. We just have to go see it. We have, we don't have a choice. And that is our A Play on Nerds official copyrighted trademark system for rating our movie trailers. All right. So our first film that we're reviewing today is uh, Assassin's Creed. 
Yeah, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, and I have to say, when I first played this video game a long time ago, they've made 20 of them now or something. I yeah, can't it's crazy. keep up, but uh, I've thought immediately, like, wow, this would make a great movie. Back then, this is like maybe 10 years ago, and now they're making it to a movie, and I'm so far optimistic. Yeah. Where am I? At 6 p.m. yesterday evening, you were executed and pronounced dead. You no longer exist. What kind of prison is this? It's not a prison. You're about to enter the Animus. What you're about to see, hear, and feel are the memories of your ancestor, who has been dead for 500 years. What do you want from me? Your past. Welcome to the Spanish Inquisition. We work in the dark to serve the light. We are assassins. And this is funny because someone pointed out is the most offsetting thing about the trailer to me was the music they chose to use. It was like a remake of some hard rock song. Right. That's a little odd. Like some gentle rock version of a rock song we all know. Um, and what somebody did immediately was they took the soundtrack from the original Assassin's Creed game and they laid it over the preview and it was so much better. Just like in the Warcraft trailer came out recently, they played like dubstep. It's like, what the hell are they thinking? Oh, yeah. I don't know. And I just watched it when I was looking for trailers for this. There's one called The Woods. And they use uh, some sad kind of moany, bitchy rock version of Watching You by Sting. <laughs> like, I don't like this new trend. Just use a song. Yeah, use some some scoring. Like, yeah, it's terrible. And that's a problem, too. I mean, with all these modern movies, I just, like watching Batman or Superman or even uh, Captain America Civil War, they don't have any themes anymore. Like, you walk out of Civil War, can you remember any music that was played in that movie? No. Because it's all just... There's no... That's all there is. Like, in the action sequences, instead of, like, Superman... That's the wrong theme. How's Superman go? Now I'm forgetting. You're a jackass and you just missed your point. Or Back to the Future, like... Or Batman, you know... Or like last movie, it's. But we remember these years later, you know. And yeah, it'll stick in my head forever. There's now no Superman or Batman theme from those new movies that I can remember at all. Because a bunch of wham, that's all it is. That's it. I think you're thinking of Inception. They use that Inception thing on everything now. Yeah, it's horrible. So yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say take a look for this Assassin's Creed because it did look bad. And Michael Fassbender is a great actor. They have great material to work with. But I'm just afraid it'll turn like a UE Bowl piece of crap video game movie. Yeah, and here's the thing: I would love for a video game movie to do well. And the fact is, is that um, God, what is it? Something is coming out the weekend before this that is going to ruin this date. Like this has no chance. What was it coming out? Oh God, I can't. Let me see. Or like Suicide Squad or something. Yeah, it's some other giant blockbuster movie from this summer that is going to ruin the opening weekend of Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, Rogue One. Oh yeah. Comes out December sixteenth, and this comes out December twenty first. It is so boned. I mean, they can't expect it to be ever do as well as Rogue One, anyways. You know, if it wasn't coming out near it. But, right, but I mean, why do that to yourself? That wasn't smart. No, they're done for. They're done for before they even started. Competing for the same audience. Yeah. 
for like a holiday movie, something people are going to go see when their family is in town. Oh, yeah. Ma- grandma's in town or like grandpa's in town. Should we take them to see Star Wars, which, you know, they have some cultural connection to from 30 or 40 years ago or Assassin's Creed, a movie based off a video game. <laughs> Rogue One wins it. Rogue One's going to win in every scenario. I wouldn't take my grandmother to see either of those movies, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's true. I went with my grandma to see There's Something About Mary. That was a bad call. A little call. awkward. Very awkward. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> so what's our second movie? Uh, I'm going to give this one a take oh, a look, right. too. Yeah, you didn't say that. Yeah. We both gave it a take a look. Take, take, uh, take a look. I don't know. It didn't look bad. It might we be could okay. just use a, need a better trailer, that's all. And the second one I chose, I can't even remember the name of. Inferno. Inferno. <laughs> yes. From the guy that brought you Da Vinci Code. And Angels and Demons. There's a switch. If you throw it, half the people on Earth will die. But if you don't, in a hundred years, the human race will be extinct. I left you a path. The hardest one yet. Only you can finish it. You are humanity's final hope. It's Dante's Inferno. Dante defined our modern conception of hell 700 years ago. Why Dante? Why this map of hell? Someone created a plague. Without Professor Lennon, no one could find the virus. Oh my God. Uh, a bunch of Hocus pocus, semi-religious, semi-scientific bullshit all rolled into one movie. <laughs> Every it's all quasi-science, and I hate that people really believe that. People really get into it. It's crazy to me. Well, I, I actually read the books. Um, I think Inferno must be newer because that, that wasn't out back when I was reading those books. And they're yeah, I, I read Da Vinci Code and I read um, God, what was the other Angels one? Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons. Yeah, they were fun. Very interesting, fun. Oh yeah, Da Vinci Code was great, and the movie, just like most movies, doesn't really capture. Yeah, and plus the what thing, the, what the book my is. problem is, Tom Hanks is a fantastic actor, but he's not an action-adventure hero. It doesn't work. No, but but that's sort of the, I think that's something in the books that sort of captures Robert Langdon, the main character, isn't an action hero. He's like a, you know, he's a PhD. He's well, a no, studier. you're right, because in the books, there's less action like that. There's more intrigue and more like figuring things out. So he's like a professor. That's what he does. Whereas that's very in true. the movie, they're adding explosions and, you know, sweeping shots and running and chase scenes and stuff. So it's like if they didn't do that, it might be a little more believable. But this one appears to be some sort of plague is going to be released and wipe out half of humanity. And Tom Hanks and some whatever hot brunette they rolled out for it's this the Rogue run. One star. The Rogue One star have to stop it from happening. A lot of pseudoscience, a lot of quasi-religious bullshit. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've got to give this one a burn it. Oh, I'm not, I wasn't going that far. I'd get a drunk watch. Uh, we, I didn't use that one in a while, so. <laughs> that's true. Drunk watch for me for Inferno. It'd be a fun little romp. And I think we should burn Inferno as its name implies. <laughs> Very appropriate. See? Thank you for being a friend. Travel. So in our thank you section here, we had a few bits of feedback over the last couple of weeks. Um, actually, two people sent us the same story 
Uh, one message was from Ian, who you've heard in the podcast before, who did our, he's all, he worked at JPL and with NASA. So he's our science guy. And he sent us a video um, all about a new universal translator, basically, that they were creating. And as a coincidence, so did Daniel Hitch. He sent us the same exact story. So two of our loyal ah. fans here. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this little thing. It's only a minute long. It's about this new universal translator. And uh, here we go. Put this in your ear. Can you hear me in French? Please, you may understand in French. Yes. Yes, I can hear you talk French. But this is awesome. Anyway, so they show a video of this little, looks like basically a, um, uh, what do you call it? The things that you amplify your volume the, with your ear. <laughs> a hearing aid? Is that? So yeah, it looks like a hearing aid and it's a little bit bigger, but it takes what you're hearing and then translates it into uh, whatever language that it is to your preferred language. And it's the first step towards Universal Translator. So it's pretty darn awesome. And then I can curse at people and they'll know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, because I'm sure it's exactly how you use it. The important thing about like racism is to make sure that everyone understands you. <laughs> exactly. You want everyone to hear your Trump speech. Uh, Here, Chinaman, put this in your ear real quick. I got something Chinaman. to tell you. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, and uh, also Mike, or at Jarek, who is our regular listener and awesome, he actually wrote that he's guilty as charged in liking the copycat cinema segments from our last episode. So he's one of the guys we're talking about that usually request or wonder where when we're doing one again. So we appreciate that, Mike. We'll do one again sometime soon. Maybe Batman versus Superman and Captain America Civil War. Yeah, we could try that. Maybe. Copycat cinema right there. Same year, same plot. One is definitively better than the other. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that about does it for this week. As always, we've been your hosts, you've been our listeners, and we'll keep bringing you nerdy stuff every week, or every two weeks, or whatever we decide. Yeah, we'll do what we want. But make hope, yeah, we're back. I hope you listen in. <laughs> so thanks again, Internet. Stay dirty, my friends. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aplayonnerds. Or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at aplayonnerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash aplayonnerds. Fun videos and stuff to check out, youtube.com slash playonnerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts and that way we know if we stink exactly let us know if you hate us or you love us that's always great check us out at our website www.aplayonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at aplayonnerds.com and then check us out on i guess snapchat maybe <laughs> for dick or, or tumblr <laughs> tumblrs Periscopes. Uh, you could also throw a rock at us with a message on it. Carrier pigeons. We accept cassette tapes. <laughs> I love cassette tapes. We just want to hear from you. Yes, please send us anything you like at any social media outlets. However you do it, check us out. And how. Is someone dying in your neighborhood? I don't know. There's a new kid in the building <laughs> complex who just screams all the time. <laughs> And it, his parents got him uh, one of those recorder flutes like we had in fifth grade. Oh, it is just It's just the worst. <laughs> it is just the worst. And yes, the kid is always being murdered. <laughs>
Shame. You know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs>